Welcome to the Rationally Motivated Behavior Therapy Podcast, where in each episode I discuss the tough-minded philosophical ideas and self-help strategies of the pioneering form of cognitive behavior therapy, developed by Albert Ellis. I am Dr. Walter Matwichuk, a practicing psychologist. Dr. Ellis formally trained me in this highly practical approach to problems of daily living. Today's podcast is titled, How to Mend a Broken Heart. It's not uncommon for humans to experience a good deal of emotional disturbance after a romantic relationship ends. Whether we decide to end the relationship or the person we love is choosing to end the relationship, humans often suffer enormously after a romantic relationship runs its course. Friends and family may remind us that there are other fish in the sea, but a person suffering from having lost the romantic relationship may find this truth unhelpful. Rationally emotive behavior therapy is a philosophy that can help to heal a broken heart. When we are in the throes of a depressive episode, after a relationship ends, we need to determine a suitable emotional goal. Rational emotive behavior therapy suggests that rather than strive to feel good after the end of a romantic relationship, the individual seeks to feel healthy sorrow, sadness, disappointment, and or healthy envy. If we feel depressed, angry, hurt, or unhealthy envy, we will likely prolong our suffering and engage in harmful, self-defeating behavior. Healthy sorrow, sadness, disappointment, and healthy envy will acknowledge the painful loss that has occurred in our lives. It will allow us to do more than recognize the loss. Assuming our efforts to reconcile are futile, or we have no interest in the restoration of the romance, these healthy negative emotions will enable us to begin engaging with life and moving on. These healthy and appropriate negative emotions allow us to remain interested in other relationships with family and friends and not withdraw from life completely. We remain able to work and function reasonably well and in time we can love again as the sorrow, disappointment and sadness do not produce hopelessness of future love or fear of future romantic pain. Depression, hopelessness, anger, hurt, and unhealthy envy are self-defeating feelings associated with the end of the relationship. Knowledges the loss we have suffered. These feelings acknowledge the loss we have suffered. However, they tend to motivate us to do all sorts of self-defeating behaviors to soothe our pain. 
We might medicate ourselves with drugs and alcohol, engage in excessive eating, or become hypersexual to forget our pain or attempt to make it appear to the, our former lover we're moving on. These behaviors can be very self-defeating and are therefore inadequate solutions to the pain we are feeling. According to REBT theory, we are more at risk of taking a significant desire and converting it into a rigid demand when our desire is relatively less valued. Important matters are risk factors for thinking rigidly. Rigid attitudes about something significant to us, like a romance, make us vulnerable to unhealthy suffering, unhealthy negative and intense emotions while the relationship ends. If our desire or wish is only weakly to moderately held, we are more likely to hold a preference for it and then accept an accompanying loss if it occurs. Romantic relationships, though, are usually highly valued aspects of a person's life. And when a relationship ends, it is easy for a person to disturb themselves about their loss. Because we have strongly wanted the relationship to succeed and immensely enjoyed the pleasure we experienced with the said relationship, we are at risk of having a rigid set of ideas about the relationship continuing and an extreme set of ideas about the associated consequences of it ending. REBT theory posits that uncompromising attitudes, often referred to as demands or demandingness, tend to give rise to secondary attitudes that are extreme and serve to contribute to the unhealthy suffering we feel in the form of unhealthy feelings of depression, hopelessness, anger, hurt, and unhealthy envy. Below, you will find a sample of typical rigid and extreme attitudes that people use to upset themselves when romantic relationships end. Number one, because I found this relationship so highly enjoyable, I absolutely must have it. Two, because I love this person so much, they must love me too. Three, I need this person's love to find life meaningful. Four, it is awful that this relationship has ended. Five, I cannot bear the pain I feel. Six, it is too hard to find another person who will make me feel like my former lover made me feel. Seven, 
because I loved and treated them so well, they absolutely must love and treat me well. Eight, I do not deserve this hurtful treatment. My romantic partner must not have done this to me. Nine, I am lesser of a person without this relationship. Ten, they are a bad person for causing me this pain. Eleven, I am lesser of a person because my lover is with someone else now. Disabusing yourself of these eleven self-defeating, rigid, and extreme attitudes won't be easy. Mother Nature wanted us to date and mate, and my guess is the pain is evolution's way of incentivizing us to form relationships, maintain relationships, and produce offspring. Disabusing yourself of these ideas will take time and work. Time alone won't heal your wounds. You will have to challenge these pernicious ideas and work to adopt healthier ideas to counterbalance them. Two sets of important questions will help you challenge these ideas to begin the effort to mend your heart. Those questions are, the first set, set one, produce what I call a functional analysis. So the first question is, does my particular thought or attitude help me or hinder me recover over the long run from this failed relationship? If it hinders me, what realistic thought or attitude would help me reach my goal of recovering and moving on? So you can see these are two questions that are aiming to look at the function these at this added these attitudes I hold about the loss of romance are having the function that the impact that they're having are they working for me or not are they producing a problem now one can challenge these attitudes using what I would call empirically based questions and you would then engage in an an analysis of the observational data that occurs. So for example, that may support or not support these ideas. So are my thinking and attitude consistent with the facts? That's one question you could ask. Are my thinking and attitude consistent with the facts? If it isn't, what thought or attitude is consistent with the facts? Now, these questions are important to ask for each of the above irrational attitudes. When you are in the aftermath of a painful breakup, the last thing you want to do is reason in a sound and helpful way. You are a fallible human. Although you may want to think differently about the breakup, you are well advised, although you may not want to think well, think differently about the breakup, you are well advised to push yourself to do just that. In other words, in rationally motivated behavior therapy, we're trying to get you to learn to think differently even when it's hard to do. That's the most important time for you to reason well. 
just because you don't want to think differently or reason properly or reason differently and find it difficult under the circumstances to do so does not mean this is not the medicine you need to heal your heart. The medicine may not taste good, but it works. So open up and swallow. Now, I'm not going to take those questions that I talked about, the functional questions and the observational questions, and apply them against each of the above 11 attitudes, previously mentioned 11 attitudes. You can do that if you wish, but what I'm going to do is talk to you about the alternatives that would correspond, right? So, for example, the first one is because I found this relationship so highly enjoyable, I absolutely must have it. Now, if you examine the function, the impact that the, this attitude has when you're functioning or the data that would either support or refute it, you would quickly see it's not leading to good function and there is no data to support it. So an alternative attitude would be, even though I found this relationship so highly enjoyable, it does not mean I absolutely have to have it. I do not live in a kind of world where I enjoy, where what I enjoy or who I love is always available to me. In a utopian world, this would be the case. But in this world, no matter how badly I want or deserve something or love someone, I never, ever, ever absolutely have to get what I want and desire. This is a very important point. In a utopian world, it would be the case that what we want, we get. But in this world, no matter how badly we want something or even deserve something or love someone and want their love in return, it's important that you see that you never, ever, ever absolutely have to get what you want and desire. Life denies us of some of the greatest pleasures and it denies all of us of this. Therefore, life is hard, but you're strong enough to accept this fact of life. Now let's look at the second attitude. Because I love this person so much, they must love me too. Again, if you look at the impact this idea has on your function, it's gonna make you relatively not, not function well, and there's no evidence to support it. What would be a healthier attitude to have? Well. You could say, you could think, you could have this attitude. Even though I truly love this person, it is false to conclude they must love me in return. We do not live in a world where who we love must love us back. This is a tough world where other people have a choice of who they love and they have will of their own beyond our control. We had better accept this and the sooner we do, the sooner we'll heal. You do not have to like this fact of life, but you had better accept it. Now let's look at the third idea. I need this person's love to find life meaningful. Again, if you look at the impact this attitude has on your functioning, it's going to render you pretty dysfunctional 
when someone doesn't love you and you can't obtain their love. Healthier attitude would be, I want this person's love and with it, life is meaningful. But it does not mean I have to have it. Furthermore, it is not the only path to meaning in life. Having their love is a known path to purpose and pleasure, but there are other paths if I open my mind and heart to them. It is easier to find meaning through loving this person, that's certain. But sadly, I do not have to have the opportunity to travel the easier path. Now, let's look at another attitude. It's awful that this relationship has ended. Again, what is, what is the impairment this attitude produces? Well, it leads you to feel very distressed and disturbed when the relationship ends. Let's look at a rational alternative. It's very bad, very, very bad that this relationship has come to an end. Even though it seems like it is the end of the world, it is not the end of the world. Yes, it's very disappointing it came to this. Very sad that the relationship has ended. When relationships end, it is regrettable and, and unfortunate, but not awful because things could be worse and good can come from bad. I will move on sooner if I see that although the end of this relationship is bad and painful, it's not awful and life goes on and the good that can come is that I, in time, theoretically at least, can meet somebody who gives me even more pleasure or, or does better, we do better together. So what I'm suggesting is you see that the end of the relationship is bad, not awful. The fifth attitude would be, I cannot bear the pain I feel. Now this attitude is very, very self-defeating because when we believe we can't bear the pain we, we feel, we're gonna bear it poorly and thereby carry our burden with um, less strength. A rational alternative would be the pain I feel is significantly bad and cuts to the bone, but is not unbearable. I can bear this pain and it's worth enduring insofar as I do not have a choice. Reminding myself that this pain is bearable, even if it's difficult, to remember this helps me bear this burden. In time, the pain will subside and do so sooner if I do what is hard and cultivate a healthy attitude towards the pain I feel and the loss that I have incurred and the burden that results from this loss. Again, this is a functional attitude and it's empirically true. The data suggests you can bear it. You are carrying the burden. Maybe you're not bearing it well, but you're bearing it. And you'll bear it better if you stop telling yourself you cannot bear the pain and acknowledge that the pain hurts, it's bad, 
You wish you didn't have it, but you can bear it. Let's look at the sixth irrational attitude that you might hold. It's too hard to find another person who will make me feel like my former lover made me feel. Although I feel great pain now, and it seems that I will never find someone who will make me feel like my former lover made me feel, it is not necessarily impossible. Life would be so much easier if this relationship worked out for me. Sadly, it did not. And I'm jumping to the conclusion it's too hard to find another person. I'm making this hopeless leap because I'm holding the attitude. I must have this particular person. Hopelessness comes from demanding that I have this person rather than accepting life as it is and wishing things had worked out. It might be challenging to see that finding new love is not a hopeless endeavor, but it will be easier for me to do so if I give up my absolutistic demand that I have to have this particular person's love. This person's love is convenient and highly pleasurable, but not an absolute necessity. Now let's look at the seventh idea that will cause you trouble and pain. Because I loved and treated them so well, they absolutely must love and treat me well. Again, this attitude's going to render you pretty dysfunctional in the aftermath of a breakup. You're possibly going to be very angry or hurt, bitter. That's not going to do you much good. A healthier attitude would be, even though I love and treated someone exceptionally well, it never follows in this non-utopian world they must love and treat me equally well. Sadly, the universe permits unequal treatment from the people we love. I am demanding that the game of life not be as it is. This only serves to keep me hurting myself about the hurt delivered by my former lover. Hurting myself will not change how I get treated, so I will accept that people will treat me as they will, even if I treat them exceptionally well. This philosophy isn't easy to adopt, but is realistic and will help me move on. Number eight, I do not desert, deserve this hurtful treatment. My romantic partner must not have done this to me. Rational, the rational attitude that will help you cope with the hurtful treatment that you've received is the position 
that I do not deserve this hurtful treatment is not debatable. What you could question is this. Is it valid to hold that I absolutely must receive the kind of treatment I deserve from my romantic partner? We do not often get what we deserve in life and from others. There's no natural law of the universe that compels interpersonal reciprocity. It's a myth to believe we must get what we deserve from others. It's reasonable to want to get what we believe we deserve. Okay, that's fine. And if I do not get what I deserve, I can choose to leave the relationship in disappointment. However, I had better not jump to I absolutely must get what I deserve. If I make this demand that I absolutely must get what I deserve, I'll make myself angry and bitter when I don't get what I deserve. I am a lesser person without this relationship. I am not a lesser person without this relationship. Now let's look at the next irrational attitude. I am a lesser person without this relationship. The rational alternative would be to define my essence, my core, my personhood as lesser without this relationship is entirely arbitrary. In an, alter in an alternative way, I could arbitrarily define myself as more of a person without this relationship, which arbitrary definition is the proper definition to adopt, is the question. It seems all definitions of personhood and personal value are arbitrary. This means that my personhood and total value as a person cannot be validly rated or summated. Instead, I am a person without this relationship, and that is that. Losing the relationship reduces my pleasure, but it's not proof that my human value is reduced and that my core is lesser. I am a fallible human who, unfortunately, is without a relationship is someone I continue to love and miss. Number 10, irrational attitude number 10. They are a bad person for causing me this pain. The rational attitude would be, they are a person who despite causing my pain, their reaction does, their action does not validly define them as a bad person. Yes, they did a wrong and hurtful thing to me as I see it, but that is what fallible humans do to one another. Condemning them may feel good and is quite easy to do, but condemning another person only fuels my pain. Rather than judge them as people, why not strictly stay focused on how they treated me and learn from this 
so perhaps I can do better in the future. Condemning their action, but accepting the fallible human will help me to move on. Adopting this attitude is best for me, for my well-being in the long run. And the last attitude I'm going to go over today that has to do with your disturbance about the ending of a relationship is to say, I am lesser of a person. I am lesser of a person because my lover is with someone else. Now, this attitude could very well lead to feelings of depression, unhealthy envy, and a rational attitude that would lead to an appropriate amount of disappointment or sadness or displeasure or appropriate amount of even what we would call healthy envious. Even though my beloved is with someone else now, it is not correct to conclude that makes me lesser of a person. No, I'm not lesser. I am a person who does not have the pleasurable love someone else may be enjoying now, but my deprivation does not transform me into a lesser person. My beloved's choice of who now to love is not the definition of my human worth unless I foolishly convince myself of this arbitrary and invalid way of thinking. I will unconditionally accept myself even though I feel deprived and rejected because my lover has chosen to love someone else. Yes, unconditional self-acceptance is quite possible. You could choose it. I will find someone else to love instead of spending my time raiding my core as a person and then downing myself. Downing myself, my total self, thinking of my core, core as lesser, thinking of my essence as lesser, because I'm not in a relationship with this person and they're in a relationship with someone else, will only serve to make me withdraw from other people, from life, and potential good relationships that I could have in the future may very well pass me by. So let me offer some final thoughts on healing a broken heart. I conclude by underscoring that the philosophical medicine REBT prescribes is damn hard to adopt and may make and make your own when you are in the pain of, of a romance that has ended. So what I'm saying here is not easy to do. But I suggest that you not blame REBT philosophy for being hard to adopt and implement. It's not REBT's fault. It's a path that's your choice. There are no quick and easy solutions to pain and suffering in this world. Although these attitudes that I've suggested today are hard to adopt, they, you can reflect upon them, rehearse them, and implement them. Time alone is not the answer to the pain of a failed romance. No, time, effort, and good, sound, and rational reasoning will help you get through it. 
If you love, you run the risk of hurting when the relationship ends. This is just how the game of life and romance gets played. If you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. However, I genuinely believe you can stand the pain of a failed romance. It's not easy to recover from a failed romance. But love is sweet. So dare to love again. Now, thank you for joining me for today's REBT podcast. And I hope you'll you'll join me for future editions of this podcast. In the meantime, you can learn more about rational emotive behavioral philosophy and listen to other audios that I have on this powerful, liberating philosophy if you go to my website, rebtdoctor.com. I'd also like to point out to you that on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, I hold what I call the Rational Emotive Behavioral Zoom Conversation Hour. And during this hour, I take a volunteer and I do have a cold, hold a conversation with them. And I show them how the principles of this philosophy could be applied to numerous problems they, that they present to me. There's no cost to attend this Zoom conversation hour. And there's no cost to just volunteer as well. I take one volunteer per session, one volunteer per Saturday. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern, and it's available to anyone who wish, wants to come. All you need to do is go to my website, rebtdoctor.com, and you'll see where you could put in your email address for what I call my intermittent reinforcement email. When I send out an email on rational emotive behavior therapy, and if you add your email, your name to the email list, you can attend, you'll get a Zoom conversation hour invitation. Now, if you don't want to be on the email list, that's fine. You can also view the conversation I hold each Saturday by going to my Facebook page, which is my name, Walter Matwaychuk, M-A-T-W-E-Y-C-H-U-K, and you can view it there because I live stream it to my Facebook page as well. So the thing about going to the Zoom, getting a Zoom invitation is that you can submit questions through the chat box. And at the, after about 35 minutes, I summarize the conversation and the key educational points that I've made. And then at that point, I answer some of the questions that have been submitted through the chat box. So as you can see, I'm quite passionate about disseminating the philosophy of Albert Ellis the philosophy of rational emotive behavior therapy. And then I hope that you'll visit again, either this podcast or my website, rebtdoctor.com, or even go to my um, website and, and register to come on Saturdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. So until then, I'd like to thank you for your attention. And in the meantime, if you're recovering from a loss, a failed relationship or a relationship ran, that ran its course, I truly believe that the principles of rational emotive behavior therapy can help you mend your broken heart.